We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. And welcome back to the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by MyBookie, the official sportsbook of Rotoviz Radio. This week, I will be your host, you may recognize me, uh, Dan Sanio on Twitter, at FFDynastyDan. Unfortunately, Eric's not here with us this week. He uh, had some prior commitments, I believe, at work. But I do have my good friend Nathan Powell on Twitter, at NPowellFF. Nathan, what's going on? Hello, Dan Senio. Uh After uh, the meanness of you and Eric last week, I was on- <laughs> Summer's slipping away, so grab hold of amazing at California's Great America before it's too late. Buy next year's season pass and get unlimited visits this year to experience rides, shows, and attractions. That includes incredible coasters, Boomerang Bay, and an amazing Peanuts-themed kids' area. Get this special offer for as low as 11 payments of $6.50 after an initial payment. Hurry to get the best price on the most fun you can have. Buy your 2020 season pass now at cagreatamerica.com. My phone, I was struggling. And up until about six minutes ago, I thought I was also going to have to be on my phone for this, for this week's show. But I'm not. We're on the computer. It sounds amazing, I'm sure. So uh, you can't be mean to me. You sound as good as you could possibly sound. And that is the greatest compliment I could possibly give you. 
<laughs> so on the docket for today, we do have a guest to fill Eric's spot from CBS Sports. Uh, he's a senior fantasy writer there. He also does some fantasy football today and fantasy baseball today, but we're going to stick with fantasy football for the time being. Heath Cummings. Heath, what's going on, man? Hey, it's great to be here. Just uh, tilting Monday night football and uh, should be a good time. It is It is the Everlong tilt. Uh, that's just kind of the business we are in, which I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind tilting, except this, like, it does feel like this year's a little bit different, right? Like, there's more of, okay, X plus Y equals what in the hell just happened? <laughs> that's, like, I, I don't, yeah. I, I know that didn't make any sense, and that was kind of the point. Everything we think, like last night, the Patriots defense is terrible. It's time to feed Julio Jones. The Falcons are going to score a bunch of points to get their offense right, and they score seven points. There, those there types seems, of things just yeah there, there seems to be no continuity to any any good thought process it's like oh yeah well i mean going through all this data we can we can you know guess this and then oh all of a sudden the third string running back is now the starting running back and everyone else died so that's always fun it's it's perfect it's perfect I, i'm looking <laughs> here and needing jordan reed to score score points and see niles paul and vernon davis both have 30 yards receiving each so everything is on schedule Oh, so brutal. Well, we are going to be talking week seven uh, as Monday night. We you know we're recording Monday night. This comes out Tuesday, but uh, we will be talking week seven before we get to all of that fun stuff. I do want to let you guys know that you can get a listeners only 30% discount to um, the Rotoviz NFL pass through the, the podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com backslash podcast. Your subscription gives you an unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also supports the pod. That's us. And you can contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter, at rotovizradio. So with that, let's dive into our topics, and we've got to start, and I know, Heath, you just mentioned it, but the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the tagline I have in the outline for us is, what the, what the Falcons? What is Nathan? What is going on with these guys? Is is Sark really this bad? Do we do we need to move on from him? Are we worried about the Falcons at this point? Eh, I wouldn't go quite that far. I think it's still a team with a, a lot of talent and a lot of weapons on offense, and certainly there's an adjustment period going from Kyle Shanahan to Steve Sarkeesian, and maybe they make a, a midseason move, and maybe that helps things. But I think that in the long run, when you have players like Julio Jones and you have guys who have flashed like Austin Hooper and Taylor Gabriel, I think that the offense is going to write itself one way or the other, especially with the talented backfield as well. So I I think we might have to ride out maybe a couple of rough weeks just because, you know, they're trying to get things together. But when when in doubt, when it's this much talent on an offense, I tend to lean towards they'll write things more so than, you know, they're just going to be bad. I agree. And, And I think that we don't really see much value swing with Julio and with Devonta Freeman, but I think, and especially in the dynasty community, I think we got, it might even be worse in redraft. We got too high on Matt Ryan. Um, you know, he, he snuck into that, like, QB six range in dynasty, uh, whether it was ADP or just physical rankings. And that felt really high to me. Uh, and I had always been, I, I was a fan of Matt Ryan, especially last year at his price. He was coming in at like QB 16 or 17. 
But Heath, do you think that maybe because we were so high on somebody because of an MVP season, it makes it look worse than it actually is? Or is Matt Ryan actually kind of being really bad and we need to slide him down a little bit? You know, I, th- what I compared it to, and I, I don't know how much you guys are into baseball, but it reminds me a lot of Zach Greinke a couple of years when he had that amazing year. And we knew what Matt Ryan did last year was not sustainable. Everyone... It was almost to the point where it was stupid to even say he was going to regress because it was so obvious he was going to regress. But that's, I don't, that's not totally what's happened. It's not just been like regression to the mean. He's actually been a little bit unlucky this season, I feel like. I don't think it's so much that Ryan is bad. He is what he was. I still feel very confident that he's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of a low-end number one quarterback. It's just that that's all we ever should have expected him to be coming into this year. As far as Sark goes, I'd, watching that game last night, I just noticed how uncomfortable Matt Ryan looked, especially when they were trying to kind of hurry things up a little bit. And he didn't look like somebody that was completely comfortable in the system. And I, I remember when they made this change, they talked about how they didn't want to change a lot, a lot from what they'd done the year before. It sure looks like they did. So, so we, we bring up the, the idea of you know, the continuity and coaching, what happened last year versus this year. Obviously, they lost Shanahan. Nathan, do you think maybe we overlook coaching changes or maybe coaching issues um, or maybe don't weigh it enough in our valuation? Because think about like Gurley with Fisher and, and now all of a sudden he's back to what he was and doesn't have that issue. We look at the Falcons and, and without Shanahan and it's a completely different game. Do you think it, you know, coaching needs to be built into our valuation more than kind of assumed uh, we already do it? See, I, I'm going to play a bit of the Nathan in the middle card here, but I think that the people who value coaching and value coaching changes overvalue it, and the people who don't value it undervalue it. Because I know I've seen plenty of people on Twitter who they'll see Kyle Shannon just say, we just go, oh, by Paragraph Sunday, he's going to get 800 targets, yada, yada, yada. And I've seen uh, the opposite of, oh, Pierre Garçon's still like a, a decent wide receiver, but he's nothing special. That doesn't matter whether he has Kyle Shanahan or, or, or Bill Callahan. So I, I think that both sides of the argument definitely are wrong. I think that there's somewhere in the middle. But I, I think that if I'm on one side or the other, I'm, I'm more on the fading coaching because I, I think that the, the talent wins out more often than not, uh, no matter the coach. I agree. I, I think that's really fair. Um, Heath, do you think there's any big swings in, in dynasty value specifically with any of these uh, offensive weapons for the Falcons. Do you think maybe Austin Hooper was too low in the tight end spectrum? Um, maybe maybe Devonta Freeman was a little bit too high in the RB spectrum, or do you think we just kind of have to wait out this slump? Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like there's really been a change. Hooper is one that really I've gone back and forth on a ton because I was kind of overlooking him this summer, and then the more I looked into it, I thought you know he should have a pretty nice year this year, and what it has seemed like so far. If Mohamed Sanu is healthy, Austin Hooper doesn't really have a role in the offense. Even when he got off to the fast start, he was getting two targets a game. He had a couple of really nice high-target games when Sanu was out. Sanu came back this week, and Hooper disappeared again. It kind of seems like a boomer bust type of thing, and I think the talent is definitely there, and maybe it's just another one of those things where we're waiting on a young tight end to to kind of get there. But I think you're right. I I think this is kind of a a Sanu in the middle, Gabriel deep, and well, until last night, just not Julio at all. Um, so, okay, I, I think we maybe uh, Nathan, do you have anything more on the Falcons? Uh, no, I, I think that none of them, none of them are really biased because I don't think their value has dipped enough. May, maybe Matt Ryan, if you can get him for like a late second in a one quarterback league where you you know are trying to buy low on a guy like that, 
other than that, I think that none of the players' values has decreased enough to be considered them like a buy low. I think that's fair. I think Matt Ryan would be the one buy because now I think people are so soured on it that they're probably just wanting to get rid of him for anything. Um, okay, so uh, let's slide into the next topic, which is everyone's favorite, Amari Cooper. He's back. Or maybe. We, we don't know. Um, but it, what was it, 11 catches for over 200 and two touchdowns? He did still have two drops, which never looks great, but it is what it is. Guys that get targeted are going to have drops. Heath, were you so happy to watch Amari do this this week? I absolutely loved it. and I, I've been super annoyed by the way that we talk about Amari, and I, I think it's more uh, redraft talk about Amari creeping into Dynasty maybe, but there was this attitude out there, especially on Twitter, like we were waiting for Cooper to break out this year, and now he was busting. And we're not waiting on Amari Cooper to break out. He had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. Like He has established <laughs> himself as being a very, very good wide receiver. He was going through a slump. Now, we say he's back. I don't think he just turned into now he's a top five wide receiver in the A.J. Green, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown group. But I do expect him to be, this season at least, a, a low-end number two. And I think he's a, he's a low-end number or a, a mid-range number two. And I think he's a low-end number one in Dynasty. Yeah, Amari Cooper, his Thursday night performance, it was one of those ones where if you're someone who ha- wasn't able to buy any shares, it's one, you're, like you're banging your head against the wall like, this was the most occupy <laughs> low opportunity ever. And to an extent, that's true because it was. I mean, his stock certainly was cheaper a week ago than it is now. But I really, I mean, I, I didn't really see. And obviously, you can look at trade finders and things like that to see some really bad Amari Cooper trades. But in my general leagues, I didn't see Amari Cooper moved at all. So I, I feel like we often overstate how how easy a buy low opportunity is. So yes, there was buy low opportunity for Cooper, but there were definitely a lot of owners still holding tight. Yeah, I didn't really see him moved much at all either. I obviously held on to all of my shares, but I did. I, right after that game, I went in and, and I sent a tweet about it about going into the um, one of the trade finder apps and, and looking up just Amari Cooper. And it was so funny. It's, there was one that was, it had to have been a super flex league, but I think it was straight up for Ben Roethlisberger. There was another one that was like Mike Wallace in a second, which, which well, is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I, I sent out a tweet on October 10th. I just went to Twitter to look it up and got 2,800 votes. Amari Cooper dynasty price check. The plurality, 39% came in at less than a first. Yeah, Heath, we covered this. Your, your followers don't know. <laughs> I remember that. I believe we had a conversation at during that tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. apparently they, they just don't play Dynasty. But And I asked. It turns out about a third of them do. But uh, they, were the, they were the people still. Even, even that, only 18% said early 2018 first. And I would have thought that wasn't enough. Yeah, I think you can turn that one into about three. And I think we're talking about probably the same player. But maybe... Again, right. we're talking to, to predominantly redraft guys, which we got to make that switch, man. we got to start pounding dynasty stuff. we just got to send out tweets through your account for you. <laughs> I, I, I would appreciate that. I'm trying to bring it a little bit more to the uh, mainstream. I'm doing dynasty rankings on occasion now at least. But, yeah, it's, it, it's so much more enjoyable. It's just difficult to move people um, in mass. It's going to be a slow, slow burn. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, it is a technical small group. It seems like it's growing by the day, which is very cool. But um, yeah. All right, Nathan, what um, are you still, do you think maybe, are you going to try to sell Amari after this? Do you think people are like, oh my God, he's worth 10 first now. Oh, let's go get him. 
Or is this just like, this is Amari, let's hold on to him, let's play him every week? Uh, I, I mean, it's more so the latter, but I, I do think that there are going to be some people who are who they go from, oh, I missed out on the buy low opportunity to now I need to buy high. And so if you're looking to go and acquire Amari Cooper today, probably don't do it today, probably do it in a few weeks after he has another conquer game because even at his best, he's going to be a guy who has, you know, a 16-point game, an 18-point game, a 14-point game, and then a two-point game. Like, that's just going to be the nature of, of him and how he's being targeted in that Raiders offense. Yeah, um, I guess I'll say that I'm betting on Amari Cooper. You should be a betting on Amari Cooper. But you know where else you should be betting? is on mybookie.ag. It's uh, the official sports book of Rotoviz Radio, man. They're, they're doing some great stuff over there. If you go through and look at any place, you'll see that my bookie is actually like the top of the, of the sports books. It's, it is what it is. We, uh, they just finished out their, their um, 100% bonus, but you can still do 50% bonuses if you use the promo code TRADECAST. And anytime you, bring, you, um, you put some, a new account in and you, you deposit some money, you get 50% of what you put in. So go throw in some more money, get that get that extra little bonus and it's a good place to be. Nathan, do you make any bets this week? You know, uh, I, I retired from betting on the bucks. So <laughs> my, my bank account uh, is, is thankful for, for that one, but you know, I, I, I was a fan of, uh, of Amari Cooper and the Raiders on that Thursday night game. I thought, Hey, cars coming back. So I, I thought that was a nice last second win for me. Yeah. That was nice to kind of see them get back, get back into it and, and see car go crazy again. We, didn't really get to see him pre-injury do anything special, and I know he had some tough matchups, but um, it was kind of a kind of a nice little switch up. So uh, let's move into our next topic, which is Aaron Jones. Holy cow! Obviously, he it was a couple of rough defenses that he's torn up, and a couple of good defenses that he struggled with. But um, you know, New Orleans Saints, he kind of shredded him to pieces. Heath, what are we doing with Aaron Jones? Do we think this is his backfield now, or are we still kind of? Ty Montgomery's hurt, maybe. Jamal Williams is a moderately healthy scratch. Where do we go from here? Yeah, I have been uh, team Timo, so this is very, very painful. But it certainly looks like, as of right now, it's his backfield. I don't know that I'm ready to say I think Aaron Jones is going to turn into a feature back of the future for the Green Bay Packers. But he has done step one which is run all over bad defenses. When he does something like this against an average or maybe even good defense, it'll come a little bit closer to buying in. I still don't think Ty Montgomery is 100%. I'll be interested to see what the split looks like after the buy. And I was so blinded by my love for Jamal Williams that I watched a little bit of of Aaron Jones in college. And, you you know, he did some things at UTEP. It was UTEP. But he did some things that had that look, and I was like, you know what? He's doing this at UTEP versus crap, and I just, I'm not, I want nothing to do with it. And I watched Jamal Williams do crazy stuff at BYU, and he just looked like an absolute horse. And then I was like, well, it's BYU, and they kind of play similar players. Nathan, how are we feeling about Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones? And I think Jamal Williams is probably an afterthought at this point. Yeah, uh, for, for all those that care, uh, the big matchup between Stub Juice, my father, and, uh, and Nathan, it was this week in our redraft league, and my benching of Aaron Jones cost me the game. I was thinking, oh, you know, no. it's Brett Hundley. They're not going to be that good, and Aaron Jones struggled the week before, so I didn't play Aaron Jones, and Stub Juice, Norman Powell came up came out on top. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're not uh, my, following Norm yet, make sure you're following Norm at Stubjuice. He's got a lot of really awesome political tweets, um, and he'll once you follow him, he'll actually at you every single time he sends a tweet, no matter what. He makes fun of Nathan a lot. It's it's really enjoyable. 
Yes, and what's also enjoyable is having uh, a feature running back in Aaron Jones. So I, I think that as long as he keeps playing like he has this past Sunday and the Sunday two two Sundays ago, he's going to be the starter. But I, I, I like what he said. It's a big question of okay, is Ty Montgomery that hurt? Is is Jones just better at this moment? So I, I think it's still up in the air of the you know the future of the rest of the season, the future beyond this year. But as of now, I will be starting Aaron Jones next. Week. Yeah, well, I think you kind of have to start him just because he is. Getting the carries. Um, the one question mark I have is is if it's not entirely his backfield, do we expect Montgomery to to take kind of that workload in the passing game? Since obviously that make would make the most sense because he's technically a wide receiver. I guess he's a running back now, but um, I don't know that Aaron Jones has caught much for passes um he's got like 10 targets on the season and five catches uh hasn't had more than looks like nine yards in a game so Heath, do we think maybe this is a, a committee type deal where aaron jones is the two down guy and montgomery remains remains in there on third one because his pass blocking has gotten much much better compared to what it was and two because he's actually a really good pass catcher yeah i think that's the thing i just don't know what the value of the pass catching role is with what we've seen of brett hudley so far yeah that's he, the struggle he's bad he has looked disastrous <laughs> worse than i imagined he would and i didn't have very high expectations but yeah i, I just, listen i i'm not completely ready to give up on the idea that ty montgomery is not going to get this job back at some point but yes, as of right now, I would say it looks like a, uh, a committee with Jones getting the bigger split. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be popular opinion. Um, Nathan, what do you? What kind of valuation do you think that we should, um, whether we're buying or selling for Aaron Jones? And I guess Ty Montgomery at this point too. Um, he's probably in the hold stage, but maybe if you get a strong offer for him, you might move him. I don't know. I think that they're both in the early fringe, mid second type of value right now. But with Aaron Jones, the last few weeks, like his value has gone from early second back to like early third back to early second so I mean it like we talk about you know you never really want to buy high on a player but I, I think that there's going to be a shift back maybe not quite back to as cheap as he was last week after a poor performance but um, I think he'll be cheaper at some point this year especially in, in a Packers offense led by Brett Hundley they're going to have bad games and that's going to result in bad games by Aaron Jones. I think they have a pretty friendly, um, especially for like a redraft type buy, but I think they have a kind of friendly schedule coming up at least. And it looks like they have Detroit, Chicago, Baltimore, who just got tore up by Latavius Murray of all people. Um, so maybe this could be a good stretch for, for Jones and, and he continues to boost that up. And hopefully we see Ty Montgomery back. I, I again, I loved him. Um, I did actually move all of my shares at their peak. So it was pretty pretty happy with that but it obviously it's never fun to see someone lose their job because they got hurt um okay let's move on to what's been hot on twitter for i guess probably 24 hours now um martavis bryant um saying well and we, we did this last week too because he said he wanted to trade he didn't want to be there anymore but then there was something that uh, came up it looked like it was through instagram where uh, somebody said was Juju is better or something like that. And Martavis got all taken back. And Heath, I know that you, uh, you mentioned you just did a write-up on this. So I think we'll probably start with you here. I'll just kind of let you take the reins. What's up with Martavis? Uh, Martavis is not happy and Martavis does not hide it. Well, I think is the main <laughs> thing that's up with him. And I don't totally blame him in this situation. I talked about it earlier in the year. That Pittsburgh locker room is about as volatile as any I can remember. We had the Ben Martavis spat in the preseason, the Ben Le'Veon spat over, over the holdout, the Ben Antonio spout. The one thing that seems to be kind of central to this whole thing is Ben, but we'll just keep blaming the other guys. Um, I 
what I wrote about today was where do we want Martavis to go? And it was kind of with more of a redraft feel, but I think it works for Dynasty as well. And, and by far and away, my favorite location. I don't think the Steelers would do it because the Bills are 4-2 and two and look like they're actually competing for a playoff spot. But I would love to see Martavis paired up with Tyrod Taylor. Oh my goodness, that would be amazing. Give him a legitimate deep threat. Maybe they can get Jordan Matthews healthy so he can work underneath and give Zay some time to work back into the offense. But he's also been pretty bad. I love that landing spot. Um, Nathan, what kind of value do you think Martavis has right now? I, for me, he's an absolute dead hold. I, I was kind of swayed into liking him uh, after not liking him, thinking his touchdown stuff was fluky. And then it, he seemed to kind of commit himself back to the game and get healthy. And he put on a bunch of weight and still just flying out there. So do we, I mean, do we want to put a lot on this little spat? Do we think this is just kind of a Steelers thing? I think that he's fallen into that zone of not tradable because he is worth uh, less than a f- late first and worth more than a than an early second. So it, at least in terms of draft picks, I don't think that he's a guy that is really going to be traded very often right now unless there's someone that's desperate to get rid of him and trades him off for a second. So, I mean, for me, if I'm, if I'm talking about being a buyer or a seller, I would be a seller right now, even if it is a little bit lower than it would have been the beginning of the season because I don't think that he's a great talent. I think that he is touchdown dependent, big play dependent to where no matter where he goes, whether it's in Pittsburgh or elsewhere, it's going to be hard to start him on a weekly basis. And you talk, we talked about from a short-term redraft perspective if he gets traded, and we'll talk about this a bit with Sammy, uh, you know, a, a wide receiver changing playbooks midseason right before the season – it is a lot more difficult than, you know, Twitter makes it seem to be like, oh, yep, you're in the new offense, you're going to score 13 touchdowns. Like, not every single uh, free agent or trade acquisition is Randy Moss from 2007. Yeah. So I, I think after that, that – After that Raiders debacle. Ugh, I, I, God, I, I remember if, that. If you're a, if you're a Martavis uh, believer and want him to score this year, I think it's more likely he has more of like a kiss and make up with Ben than it is that he gets traded and have a successful season. Okay, let me, let me frame this question, and, and this can be to both of you guys – Let's say you are a um, you're not a, you're not a contender. You really have no chance, but you have someone like uh, Jordy Nelson or Demarius Thomas, um, a high end wide receiver that's aging and has had some quarterbacking issues. Do we? Would you move one of those guys as a rebuilder? And let's say you've kind of tapped your resources and you've looked around and and no one's really wanting these guys or no one's moving on them. Would you trade? One of those guys for Martavis Bryant, as it stands today. Heath, we'll start with you. You know, I think I probably would. Especially when you're talking about Jordy, who's going to be 33 next year. 33 before next season (laughs) even starts. Um, And he hasn't looked quite the same this year. He's battled a couple little minor nagging injuries. And he could certainly, next year, he could come back. Rodgers is healthy. Everything's fine. And oh my gosh, he's the number one receiver again, and we're all have egg on our face. But yeah, I, I would give up Jordy for Martavis if I was completely out of it. Nathan? I, I think that'd be a situation where, I'd, I mean, it's, it's tough to really play owners off each other, but I, I'd, go, I'd go to an, another contender and be like, hey, um, you, you better give me Martavis in a second for Jordy, or I'm going to go give him to Joe for player X in a pick. So Because I, I think that that is something that, if I'm a contender – 
I would be worried about, you know, someone else acquiring a wide receiver one type asset in, in Jordy Nelson or Demarius Thomas. I think that's fair. And I think that's probably a, a smart move if there was one. And, and I definitely would be in that boat where if I'm not contending whatsoever, and I do have one of those nice assets who happens to be aging sitting around, um, I, I would be kind of happy to, to move in for, I mean, sky's the limit from Artavis. It's just if he can land on his feet, whether it's in Pittsburgh or elsewhere. Um, it's, it's, it's been a rough couple of weeks for if you're the guy holding on to those guys, though. Because right. Jordy's value for this year is nosedive with Hundley. And we just saw the same thing happen to Larry Fitzgerald. He's, he probably has none now. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's brutal. I just traded for him in a bunch of places where I was contending, especially in our uh, the, the league that we make fun of Nathan in. It's called Kadoosh. And I just traded him <laughs> to uh, our good friend Ty Miller, which uh, hurt. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, okay, uh, well, let's move into uh, another topic here. Let's talk about Austin Safarian Jenkins. This guy was hyped out of this world coming into the NFL. We loved him. We wanted, you know, we wanted to see that tight end production that we hadn't seen. Uh, same thing with Eric Ebron, which we see how that's that's gone. Um, but this year, he's looked the part, and on a kind of surprising New York Jets team. They, they keep winning games and they're always seemingly in them. Um, so is this, do we, do we prop ASJ up? Is he now in that conversation of a top 12 tight end or is this kind of smoke and mirrors? Heath, we'll start with you. It's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but I'm encouraged by the smoke and mirrors. Um, I, it's easy to get too caught up in a story sometime, but if, if you've read anything about what Austin Safarian Jenkins has gone through as a person and where he's at as a person right now, and I thought that there was an excellent piece on that lost touchdown against the Patriots and how he reacted to that. I've, there has never been any doubt about his talent. He's had a little bit of trouble with his head, and his head's in the right place right now. So from that point of view and the fact that he's getting some production in the end zone and maybe that leads to more opportunities in the future, that part's encouraging. As far as the actual production this year, I mean, he's averaging like six yards a catch and he's playing with Josh McCown and he's extremely touchdown dependent. And so I, I don't know how much I really believe in what's happening on the field, but I like what I like is from a his career perspective, he's having some success everyone's talking about how he's turned it around. It seems like he will be a thing. Does that make it's, sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was say it's, it's even more important in a, in a position in a grouping that's seemingly just constantly being hurt and, and constantly losing value. We, you know, we, we try to, we try to get in on these guys and, and then they just end up flaking out and busting, you know, one week, Oh, we're going to go get the, the, you know, Mercedes Lewis or, you know, like you can't trust anything at tight end aside from the top few. So seeing kind of a consistent step in the right direction with ASJ is, is really promising with me. Um, I know you mentioned the touchdown streak at, so he's got touchdowns in three straight, which is pretty impressive, uh, especially considering where he's playing. And like you said, what he's gone through the, the places he's been. Um, I, I think the big part was after that big, you know, touchdown takeaway that, the way he responded, I, I think, I think, like you said, he's he's definitely in the right place, and it's it's kind of nice and refreshing to see somebody get there. Obviously, that doesn't really do much for dynasty value, uh, unless you're one of those guys that won't put like negative people on their teams. Um, but yeah, averaging five yards or not five yards, uh, you said six yards per catch, which isn't good. Um, but five catches per game on seven targets, you know, the the usage is getting there. He he had one game, I think, with double digit targets, and it's not like there's a ton of of 
you know, worry in New York. Nobody's taking looks from him. You know, Robbie Anderson's getting deep balls. Jermaine Curse has been unbelievable. Um, Nathan, I, I think you're an ASJ guy because he was a buck, right? This this has to be one of your boys. May, may I uh, may I give a hot take? Oh, hot takey! I like it. Yes. Austin Severian Jenkins has more dynasty value than Greg Olson. I don't know. That's a hot take. I, I think I would trade any of my Greg Olson shares for Austin Severian Jenkins, and I think I'd be okay with it. Okay, there you go. Well, I I think that Austin Spurrier Jenkins might work his he might be a top. I mean, we say this like anytime a tight end does anything, but he might be a top eight dynasty tight end. Like, <laughs> yeah, there is there is kind of that fall off. You know, you get through like six, and it's like, all right. I mean, do we throw Jimmy Graham in here? What? Where are we? So I, I think yeah, I think he just kind of have to move him in there just because of the position and what he's been able to do of late. Yeah, and obviously the the touchdown production isn't going to be what isn't going to consistently be a touchdown a game. But if he's going to be a guy that if he lives up to his expectations back when he was drafted, he's a guy that's going to score you, you know, nine to 11 touchdowns every year. Somebody has, he's just so big and unstoppable in the red zone. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun to watch. He is just a monster out there too. It kind of, kind of looks like a, like a good version of Julius Thomas almost. So boys, uh, the other night I was, you know, bored and I was like, you know what? We've been talking about it on Rotoviz Radio on the Dynasty Trade Cast, and I was like, "It's time." I took the plunge. I joined the draft app, and I, I tell you what, I am in love. <laughs> I have I have never loved an app more than this draft app. I've been drafting basketball drafts. I don't know anything about basketball. I've been drafting them for like the last <laughs> week and a half, and I'm absolutely in love with NBA DFS on draft. I lo- I've lo- I did a nice weekend of NFL drafts on draft. If you're not drafting on draft, and I'm saying draft a lot, then I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're thinking. You know, all you have to do to get involved on draft is use RV radio and you get a free game on my free game. I won free three bucks. That's, that's how awesome it is. So uh, I, I won some money with my free game. And I, I, I mean, I've been throwing this ad to Dan saying, Hey, you know, you, you're, you're a big proponent of it. You talk about it. Now I'm taking the ball by the horns. It's an awesome app. I'm going to be doing it every week for the rest of the football season. It's so funny too because uh, that that day I remember seeing a Vox. It was like a it was like a minute and a half Vox of Nathan just be like, "Oh my god, this is so much fun!" Why? <laughs> and I was like, "I know that's why I've been tuning the horn the entire time on this show for like two months or however long we've had this." It's it's seriously one of the coolest things that that's out there right now. So definitely go get in there. That's RV Radio for your promo code. Get a free game, and then you can go get a you know a three dollar beer for Nathan, just like how he did. He got. He won three bucks. I'm sure he spent it on booze. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's roll into what we kind of haven't been doing a ton of lately. We did it last week, um, but we're going to play a game, which we normally save for the offseason, but we got Heath here. We love Heath, and we figured we'd get him into, like, primetime Dynasty Tradecast, you know, which is technically the offseason, even though this is when we're the busiest. <laughs> Nathan, take it over. What's our game today? Our game today is Debbie or not, Florida Man edition. So it'll be either a Debbie player or a Florida Man headline. You know, everyone sees them on Twitter and on Google. Florida Man did this. So it'll be one of the two. And, of course, I have to go with Debbie or not. Here we come. We're going to do some Florida Man stuff and some Debbies. All right. I I need a clarification on a rule. Yeah. If it's a Debbie player that plays in Florida, does that count both ways? 
No, Florida man would it would ensue someone who has committed a crime, <laughs> Debbie player. Okay, but I guess there could be Debbie but players it, who also committed crimes. It, in it could be Tyree Cleveland, technically. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our first Debbie or not will be Carlos Cash. Carlos Cash. That is. Uh, that sounds like. Florida man. Let's go with Florida man. Hmm. That's, that's actually an interesting one. I, I think I've seen this last name before, but I don't know that the E was there. I, I, I think, I think there might be a cash in the NFL right now. So I'm going to go with Heath here. I'm going to say this is Florida man. Okay. And I even tricked you guys on this one. Cause this wasn't a man who committed a crime. It is Florida man. This Florida man was awarded $37,500 after cops mistook glazed donut crumbs for meth. <laughs> is maybe is that how TJ got that $37,000 or was that actually through DFS? I'm just kidding. Okay, what's next? All right, our next one, Ernest Johnson. Is that like uh wasn't there some movies of of Ernest goes to camp or something? I'm just kidding. Um Ernest Johnson, I'm going to say man, that uh, back over. I'll, I'll let you go with what you were going with Heath. Sorry about that. I I, I like the uh, the Ernest joke. I thought that was. <laughs> you can feel free to take it if you want. Uh, I'll say Debbie. Okay, Heath goes Debbie. Um, the Ernest Nathan. The D apostrophe has me thinking Debbie, but Ernest did go to camp. So, but would you do Florida Man back to back? Look me in the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Debbie. That sounds that sounds Debbie-ish. It is Debbie. It is yeah. the backup running back for USF. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next one, Jordan Tamflu. That is that like a is that like a body rub you use when you're sick? <laughs> Tamflu. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh boy. Um, can I can I get the the nation of origin or a spelling of that last name? The spelling is on your Google Doc. Oh, it is on the Google Doc. I don't have the Google Doc. That's not uh, Heath. It's it's spelled T A apostrophe A M F L U. That. Oh yeah, def- definitely Debbie. Ah, uh, oh man. Well, Heath seems kind of <laughs> set in stone. But do I want to win or do I want to go with Heath here? <laughs> I'm gonna. God, sounds like <laughs> this one's hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with Debbie as well. You guys are no fun. Jordan Tamflu is also a Debbie. He he came in for Shea Patterson, who's out for the year now, the Ole Miss quarterback. So Jordan Tamflu about to wreck the SEC. Here you go. Go pick him up in your Debbie leagues. All right. Our final one of the day. Matthew Faulkner. Debbie or not? Go ahead, Heath. Yeah, Faulkner is a Florida man. See, I think if there was a U in there, it might be a Florida man, but I think it's just F-L-F-A-L-K-N-E-R, and I think that is a Debbie, and I think one of us has to win this. And the answer to who has to win it is Heath. Drunk, yeah. Flor- Drunk Florida man tries to use Taco as ID after his car catches fire at Taco Bell. <laughs> and the cops played a fun game of Beat the Faulkners. Oh, <laughs> Also, it just proves the point that Taco Bell is hot garbage. 
Okay. Well, that's enough fun for one day. That I, I, actually was fun. We haven't played Debbie or not in a while. Um, Heath, thank you so much for being being here with us. It's always a blast chatting with you. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? And, and I mean, honestly, if you're not following Heath or reading his stuff, I don't know why you're here listening to us. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Heath Cummings SR. Uh, you can hear our podcast. It's anywhere you find podcasts, Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. And I will have some new Dynasty rankings out, hopefully this week, but I keep pushing it back, so it might be next week. Awesome. Well, before we go, um, I have to ask you a very important journalistic question. Yes. Um, has anyone ever told you the word come is in your name? No, that's, that's a Christ. brand new one. Um, I never heard any jokes as a teen associating my last name or anything. And I, I, I do have a teenage son, and he's never told me that he hates me because of our last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, for those of you listening, we are going to be opening up a new co-host spot because Nathan has been removed. Heath, if you have any interest in doing a weekly <laughs> Dynasty show, we'd love to have you now that unfortunately we lost Nathan forever, it seems. Um, <laughs> that's awesome oh boy well on that note we want to thank everybody for listening make sure you go check out both the Rotoviz radio feed and our own feed on iTunes I think we're making our way to just about every place as well um, leave us a nice little review give us those five stars we always love that and uh, we will see you guys next week Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.